Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Our interview last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Thanks for tuning in again this week to Authentic Living with Roxanne. I have a guest that I've had before, and uh, it's psychologist and psychoanalyst uh, Karen Messina. And Karen brings a perspective that I think we need as the average person to explore further. Karen was, uh, I believe, one of my podcasts. It's about almost a year and a half to almost two years ago. And we talked a lot about kind of the space we're in as, as people with everything that we've been going through in the last couple of years. And Karen's just released a new book um, on, um, you know, the the concept of where are we, where is the power, power that is and the imbalances and some of the uh, blame shifting that's occurring. And I'm going to let Karen tell you the full title. And we're just going to have a juicy conversation about this book, which is, um, it sounds like a spectacular uh, piece of work. So Karen, thanks again for uh, being here with us. Well, thank you, Roxanne. It's wonderful to be back talking with you. I, I just love the last podcast we did. So I'm really looking forward to this one. If that's the case, then, and we're talking about being it being cultish, um, and there's many populists, um, like you said, with with your research for this book, there's many. Um, it was a you said about ten to twelve leaders that are of this genre. I'm going to use the word genre, right? Maybe the incorrect term. Um, so, with mindset, then let's go to mindset, right? Because we know where we're at. We're in fear-based. We've been coming off and we're still in COVID. Um, a lot of people are petrified. And I'm, I'm often still shocked, Karen, um, how petrified people are just to even do basic things anymore. So when we take that fear and then we put it in a populist context, what does that do to the mindset of the average person? Well, I think that there are... I think there are a few things. And, and by the way, I, I just want to clarify, there are many populist leaders. I think I I read the other day that, I'm sorry if this was misleading, I think I read something about the 46 populist leaders around the world. Uh, I was I, I have focused on in my, in my book, I believe there are 15 okay. around the world, but there are many more than 15. Um, but those are the sort of the ones that came out and, and grabbed me. So those are the ones that I wrote about. Um, what does a person do? Well, a person is either in denial and they just push politics away. They say, I don't want to deal with it. I just don't go there. Uh, can't do it. Or they take sides. They um, There are a lot of people, and whether you're... Uh, pro-Trump or anti-Trump, 
this this country, for example, the United States is polarized in a major way. So that's another thing people do with their anxiety. They join up with one side or the other. Um, there are, um, I mean, obviously a lot of people who have have joined uh, with Trump. Um, I think that the the elections, the election re results we're seeing from state primaries have shown that there are a lot of people who um, are voting for Republicans and a lot of those Republicans have been supported by Trump. So that's just, uh, a, that's an example of what people do. Join, join with one side or the other. So when we look at it and we think of <clears throat> what's happening in the world and the global economy, right? We're trying to recover. Now we're talking a lot about, you know, leaders are having to obviously run companies in, in this in this context. Well, how, how does it affect a leader? Like I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, wow, this, this is big. And we can pretend that politics and business aren't, you know, um, they don't have a combination effect, but they do. So from a global perspective, we're coming off, we, the, our, our economies have been shut down. Um, we know we have things like the great attrition happening or the great resignation. There's a lot, you know, there's the war in Ukraine. Now we're seeing things like the resurgence of COVID again and, and monkey pop, like a lot of things coming at us, Karen, are fear, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And we gotta, we're going to try to, you know, start to go back and run our businesses and, you know, try to make sense of all this stuff. What, how do you think this has affected people and then with the backdrop of some of the stuff that you've written in the book? Well, again, I think that people are denying that they're terrified and it's a real, denial is, as you know, a real defense mechanism. It's not that they're consciously uh, saying, okay, I don't want to deal with this. We'll just put it on the side. They actually don't think about it because it's too much. So their mind just doesn't go there. So that's one thing I think they do. The other thing is that they they are just very frightened and they're just being in their in their either communities or their bubbles um, in a very frightened way. I think people, I mean, I think global warming is another thing that people are either denying or they're 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 really scared about it. So um, how do you move forward in that in that sort of climate? Maybe what you're asking. Um, yeah. So much fear. Yeah, you can deny it, but it doesn't work for everybody. So and and it probably is better if it doesn't work because then you're more likely to do something about it. Hard to know exactly what to do. Um, I think that there are a couple of things. There, um, hypothetically, it's it's good to listen to the other side, and um, you probably are familiar with the word mentalize. But I've recast that and other. I've used other phrases for that, which is listening to people in an atmosphere of respect without judging them, no matter what they say, just to listen to the other side of their perspectives. I don't know if you've heard of Braver Angels, but it's a group um, that was started in 2016 or 17 by Bill Doherty, and I think there was a, a co-founder as well. 
And the idea was to get people to sit down and talk, red state and blue state people, to talk about issues and to try to find common ground. And I've been to several of their, their meetings and it's very impressive. I, did, I was surprised that Republicans and Democrats could sit down in a room and actually listen to each other and not uh, cast aspersions about the other person's point of view and could, could even find some common ground. Whether we're past that point or not, I don't know. I don't know if we can, we can still sit in the same room and do that, but I think that's optimal if it's possible. The main thing is we have to face this. We have to keep talking about it. It's like trauma. When trauma happens in a family or to an individual, it's very, it's, it's very negative to just push it aside and pretend it didn't happen. It has to be dealt with. So we need to keep talking about it. I believe that getting involved is very important. Um, getting involved in local politics, starting with well anything that's local. And it even could start before getting involved in local politics, starting something in your own community, whether it's just a get together with neighbors and friends, just to talk about, about things, just to hear people's point of view. To stay involved, I think, is, is very important. Um, I, I, it reminds me of something that I heard on the news last night. There was a, a young person. He's really quite young. I, I don't know how young. I don't think they said, but um, uh, Gen X, I think, they, well, he was very young, probably in his 20s. And he got elected as a Florida State representative and the people were the the hosts of the show were really excited about the fact that that he is so young and he's involved in in politics so um, getting involved in some way and to stay vigilant about what's going on I think are very important things so I think I think that's very important because I think most people say they throw up their hands and they're like, you know, look at all the things that are happening. But really, if you want, if you want change, you have to do what you can do, like quite literally in your little backyard, you know, your little community, in your little village, wherever you are, um, to make sense of this. Yeah. So with people that are thinking, saying, Karen, you know, this is all well and good, you know, <laughs> um, how does it affect businesses? This, you know, like now we're trying to go back and, and just live normal lives and, um, you know, pay our bills and not be worried about going out and, you know, picking up things. People are traveling again, those types of things. How do you think that this, this fear mindset has been affecting international business? I think some of this is to be determined. I'm not sure that anybody really knows the answer to that because there have been so many shifts uh, that there's so many people leaving the workforce. So what's happened to those people? I mean, where are they getting their resources? Maybe a lot of them have shifted to some other kind of work, but that's something that I don't think we're going to know about uh, the workforce and all the people who have retired. I, I mean, there's just take teaching, for example, there's such a, in the United States, there's an overwhelming shortage, shortage of teachers. How, how is that going to affect us in the coming years? That's something that I don't think anybody knows. 
The other thing is working remotely. Is that something that's going to stay with us or is it not going to stay with us? So if you have a business and it's in, just say, a business district, and now people are working remotely, how is your business going to be affected? So people are going to have to change. I think I think my answer would be if I if I only had a, a word or a phrase or a sentence to answer this. I think people are going to have to make changes in the way they do things, the way they operate their businesses, the way they send their children to school. For example, parents may really need to supplement what kids are learning in school. I hadn't thought of that before. I just thought of it right now, but parents may need to pitch in and and teach their children some things that they're not getting in school because the school doesn't have a social studies teacher. Right, so, right. And then social studies is um, or history is being developed right in front of them as well to, to, to get that discerning kind of perspective where you have open conversations. And I think, you know, when I think of um, what's been happening in the world and with the anxiety and depression just going through the roof, you're right. People are, are reverberating in, in fear. And you know what, what happens when we reverberate in fear? Um, we over, overtax every, every uh, org, every, every system. Um, and then, of course, if you're depressed or anxious, you're going to skew perceptions of things. Um, and then you're going to, you know, live more of a limited kind of situation. And, and then potentially we'd, we'd see a lot more, not just mental health, but also physical health, because physical health and mental health is really, um, you know, a marriage of both. So, you know, clearly I, what, I lo- what I like about what you're saying about the courageous angels, is that what it's called? Braver angels. Braver, is that, yes, there are a lot of differences. But I think the last couple of years, Karen, I think it's forced us to look we could kind of, we were tripping along and pretending everything was okay. Right. Um, and now we, we can no longer do that. You said like global warming, you know, the war in Ukraine, immigration, um, you know, diversity and inclusion on, on every realm, not just race. Right. Uh, there's there's all these, you know, hot pockets with that we kind of pushing away. And now it's like, whoa, we can't, okay. I've, we've been, you know, gliding and now no more. Because, you know, in the universe is saying, we're, we have to sit, stop and start to look at the, you know, diametrically opposed point of views from ours. And to be able to sit across, like to your point, and you and I being, um, you know, psychologists, we get it that when something traumatic happens, um, there's no beginning, middle and end. And really, that's where we are in the world. We're in flux. And we're not, we haven't put context to the last couple of years, right? Because it's still happening. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, you know, and so I think it's kind of it's kind of like a free floating kind of um, wire where having conversations, support, connection, the human things that we know are so key um, needs to, to be at the forefront right now. So people could actually sit across from somebody that's so different from them and understand, agree to disagree, like we always say. Um, but to be able to move on so that we can we can create the path of history together. We don't know what it's going to look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so change is the new, is has always been the new constant, but I think now it's even more so. Right. So with, uh, with people listening, right, and um, what is it that you hope the book would do, Karen, in the world? I always say that, you know, 
with my books, I often think that, you know, we're leaving messages behind that we felt were important enough to share with the world. What is it that you hope this book will be able to, when people go out and buy it, and I hope that everybody goes out and uh, hits the link under the podcast to be able to, to um, buy Karen's book, what is it that you hope that this will achieve? Well, I think, uh, thank you for that, um, uh, Roxanne. I think two things. I think that uh, projective identification and blame shifting are so prevalent in our society. Uh, I have another book actually coming out that's a self-help book that explains all the categories uh, where I think this comes into play. And it's with bullying, mean girls, and they're not just mean girls, boys as well, uh, with uh, sex trafficking, with domestic violence, I, I, bad bosses. I think that I have um, 12 or 13 or 14 categories where this comes into play. So I think it's it's, it's shifting the blame, basically. So I think if people understand uh, that when somebody accuses them of something, they don't just take that on and own it. If they say, mm, let me think about it. Wait a minute, uh, Mr. Peterson, was that is now your boss is you have to think about how you're going to respond to a boss boss. But whether it's Mr. Peterson or with, whether it's your husband, Brad, is that We'll use Brad. I'll use Brad. Brad, really, that, is that something I did or is that something that you are pretty well known for doing? So in not accepting, if people cannot accept, if you can understand this concept of blame shifting uh, and not accept uh, the blame for something, for something they didn't do, that would be very satisfying to me. Um, but Yeah. That, that, I think the opposite yeah, so of internalizing as well, right? Because I think as an interaction, yes, sometimes when you're in conflict, you know, initially sometimes the automatic impact is to, to internalize it within yourself. But I think in actually owning what part of it, maybe, and none of us are perfect, um, that if you take certain responsibilities for your part of the interaction that you know you've been culpable for, that's one thing. But in internalizing all of it versus kind of not taking it in and giving it back, that's going to really help with what I think we're seeing a lot of. And as it is, people are reverberating, um, you know, they're, they're keeping a lot in or they're worrying about the future. So for, from a mental health and wellness perspective, I think it's also this blame shifting is a positive thing because it's going to say, you know, I, I raised my voice there with you, Karen. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I really didn't like that you did this, this, or this mm -hmm. to allow that, you know, that's, space for both people to come to a, you know, a plausible combination of things versus me, 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 um, that allows, if we look at the concept of the populace to, to gain momentum without me really kind of looking at, should I be taking this on? Because this is not about me. And I think that would probably get us as neutral as possible so we can proceed as healthy as possible. Absolutely. It's, I've got my part. I did this. And I believe you did that. Let's talk about it. Yes, that would be a wonderful outcome. Ideally. And so hence, um, you know, the kind of work I know that you do and with uh, with me, with uh, the coaching that I do out there, it's it, there's really, really is a need. So um, 
for anybody like leaders that are thinking, you know, I, I, I want to learn more about this or for people that are wanting um, even to potentially, you know, work with you uh, one-to-one or uh, whether you do group programs, where, where is it uh, that uh, they can get a hold of you, Karen? Uh, well, they can send me an email, which is, um, I don't know if you can post that anyplace, but it's dr, like doctor, dot, and my name, k-a-r-y-n-e-m-e-s-s-i-n-a at gmail.com. Um, I I have the idea of, of starting to do some workshops. So if anybody contacts me, I, I could tell them about um, the how that uh, unfolds. Awesome. So what am I taking away? You know, I often say that um, I gain so much when I have these amazing guests. And I think instead of just accepting what, what we read or what we see, you know, try to find as much information, even if it's diametrically opposed from your perspective, because we should always try to think, I think a certain way, and we are so um, comfortable in our subjective reality, the way we think, the way we feel, but to try to look at some different information and, and gain perspective and, and to test it, whether it's like Karen said, whether it's with husband Brad or a co-worker or a friend, that allows you to really develop those muscles much more. And I think what we're trying all here to do is to have kind of a space in this world um, where we have peace of mind and, you know, what little we can do day to day within our backyard, you know, never underestimate the capacity, what change you can make as an individual, as part of a, a family, as a part of a company, or even a, a part of an industry. So to go out and think, how am I doing what I can do to be the best version of myself? So again, Karen, thanks so much for spending the time. Always a pleasure. Um, you expand my mind every time we have these conversations. And it, it also makes me think even more, um, what is it that I need to learn more about? So for everyone, um, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, if you're wanting more um, information on authentic leadership, either at home or at work, you just go to roxanderhodge.com forward slash quiz. You'll get a really quick quiz. Two minutes will send you back the results and uh, you can know what next steps you need if you needed to connect with me. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.